Well, good morning. God bless each one of you here this morning. I know I was blessed with the meditation this morning, considering uh, the mighty God that we serve, and yet He cares for each one of us. Just a real rich blessing to consider that. Why don't we all stand, and we'll have a word of prayer. Father, we come before you here at the beginning of this message, Lord, and just asking for your um, presence to be with us, Lord. We need your spirit to move in our midst this morning, Lord, and speak to each heart. Give me the words to speak, Father. Just ask for your blessing on this message, Lord. Just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And then, in Revelations, John says that he saw an angel descend from heaven. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth, lifted up his hand to heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are therein. And the earth, and the things that are therein, and the sea, and the things which are therein, there should be time no longer. So there we see the whole span of history, of human history, that we call time. It's all just a slice of human history contains all of time as we know it. And we know that someday this will come to an end. It's um, very clear in the scriptures that time will come to an end. And we know that each one of us also has our time here on earth. And we don't know how long that will be. So this morning I would like to look at what are we going to do with this short opportunity in life that we have. This slice of time, this slice of eternity that we live in. And for a text, I'd like to turn to Ephesians chapter 4. And I'll begin reading verse, well, I'll just start with verse 13 and 14 for now. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. Sorry, I believe I have the wrong verses there. I want to read verse 15, 16 right now. See then, that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. So I'd like to title this message, Redeeming the Time. 
And we'd like to look. Um, here it says, because the days are evil, and we know that we live in an evil day, and the world around us is decaying. So I would like to look specifically at, as it says here, to paraphrase this verse, it would say, because of the evil day, we are redeeming the time, or we're making the most of every opportunity we have. That's the thought that redeem has there. We're making the most of every opportunity. Because we can't redeem we can't redeem time in the sense that we can buy it back. Once it's passed, it's gone forever. But rather making the most of what we've been given. And we know that, you know, this was written two thousand years ago when he talks about this evil world seeing because the days are evil, and today it's so much worse, it seems. We know that time is drawing to, towards its close. Also in Colossians, we have a similar verse that says, Walk in wisdom towards them that are without, redeeming the time. So I'd like to look at um, like just two main points on redeeming the time. First one is redeeming the time or making the most of the time in our personal lives. And then the second one will be making the most of our time or redeeming the time towards those that are without. As it talks in Colossians, walk in wisdom towards those that are without, redeeming the time. So first we consider our personal lives and the, just to clarify, this is not an exhaustive thing. It's a, a picture of um, things we can do. And it's not necessarily... Um, it's a little bit more of an overview, I think, of how we can redeem the time. Especially in this day and age. So I'm going to begin reading now in verse 14 through verse 17. For a little more context, and it says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that thou walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And as we already saw in Colossians, one thing that stood out to me is how many times he says we need to be wise. We need to be, first says that we should walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. And then in verse 17, be not unwise. And then also in Colossians, where I mentioned we're supposed to walk in wisdom. So as I was considering how do we walk in wisdom in this world, it just seemed interesting to me that that was part of this um, Redeeming the time. And for another passage to sort of give you an idea of what lines I was thinking along, turn to Proverbs chapter 2 for a couple of verses. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 10 through 13. When wisdom 
entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul. Discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee, to deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh forward things, who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness. So as I was considering how we can be wise, I thought about this, the evils of the world that we live in. And as we see here in Proverbs, it says, wisdom shall preserve us. We can't just be naive about the ways of the world and the um, snares the devil can put in our path. We need wisdom. We need knowledge about the things that we may face in life and the things that may come our way. As it says in Colossians, that we must walk in wisdom. There's many evils in this world, and it seems like, as we consider, there could be many more coming our way. And I don't think it's wise for us to um, just ignore them. I think we need to know about some of these. Not that we see a bear behind every tree, but many people have run into trouble doing seemingly harmless things. And I'm not necessarily thinking to go into specifics, but there's um, many different aspects that I've thought of, whether it's um, government mandates in our lives or just things we do in our personal lives that can get us into trouble if we don't know. I think we need to be we need to be wise. In Proverbs, there's two different verses that say this, two identical verses. A prudent man foreseeth evil and hideth himself, but the simple passed on and are punished. We can't just hide ourselves, hide our head in the sand and hope everything works out. I'm not necessarily saying that everyone needs to follow the news and everyone needs to know, you know, maybe how you can smuggle a person out of the country or things like that. But there's there's balance for everything. I think it was, it would be wise not to be taken unawares. And we know that this world has many ways to try to, um, they're out to get us. Jesus said, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. I feel we need to walk in wisdom towards those that are without, especially. We also see here in verse 15 of Ephesians chapter 4 that we walk circumspectly. And the strong definition of circumspectly is um, with exactness. And other words could be carefully or exactly, strictly and distinctly. We need to walk circumspectly. And picture yourself maybe you're on a mountain ridge, maybe a slippery, and you have steep drop-offs on either side and a narrow path, and you're walking down this, that where one misstep could mean death. 
That's the picture of a person who's walking circumspectly, careful where they put each step. And a couple of verses I thought of um, on this regard. If you could turn to First Peter chapter 2. Verse 11, begin reading, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Having your conversation, uh, sorry, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme, or to governors as them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. And then if you turn over to um, chapter 3, verse 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you the reason of the hope that is, in, that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accused your good conversation in Christ. Seems like um, Peter's really trying to bring out having a good um, or an impeccable reputation, one that is above reproach. And particularly, he's talking our reputation among the Gentiles. And we saw that it says, For so is the will of God, that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. I believe it's right for us to, or it is right for us to live lives that are above reproach, whether even people that hate us and may want to find fault with us, there's nothing there. That's the picture I get as we live our lives circumspectly. That's where we're very careful. Very careful what we do. If we now turn back to um, Ephesians, if you're in Peter, Ephesians chapter 4. Next thing I um, like to bring our attention to is that it says, Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. As this world gets more and more evil, this is not a time for guessing what God's will for us might be. As it says here, we need to understand what the will of the Lord is. And I think it behooves us to study and to search the scriptures to know what God's will would be for us. We need to be serious about studying the word of God. 
And as we and there's verse just a few pages back in Ephesians, it talks about being rooted and grounded in love. It talks about being rooted and grounded in love. But I like think of that as being rooted and grounded in God's word too. Jesus said that because iniquity shall abound in the end times, the love of many shall wax cold. And he's not talking about the world out there. He's talking about believers, Christians, that their love shall wax cold, their love for Christ. And if we think that we're facing difficult things now, it's only going to get worse. We, have, we don't have any promise of life getting better. If we have this thought that, you know, someday I'll, you know, get serious and really search the scriptures, and maybe when I'm older, I'll be able to understand doctrine better. There's no better time than now to know what God's will is for us. I'm going to read on. Verse 18, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's like I said, um, things aren't necessarily going to get easier that we face, and we need to encourage ourselves in the Lord. We need to, as it says, give thanks for all things. And sometimes we maybe go through life and we're feeling pretty discouraged and we blame our circumstances or we blame other people. That's not God's will for us. He wants us to be encouraged and giving thanks. Always, no matter what circumstances we may face. The problem with the person that has a victim mentality where they may blame their circumstances, they may blame other people for why they're feeling discouraged, why they just, you know, things just aren't going well. Maybe they aren't having their personal devotions, but, you know, if, if life was just a little easier for me, I could, you know, I'd be a better Christian. That's not what we're promised. We know that if you can't make it now, it's going to be just so much worse as time goes on. Now is the time. The short time we have to redeem the time and root, make sure we are rooted and grounded in the Word of God. And that we are, as Christians... It says here that we should be filled with the Spirit and we should be an encouragement and a light to in this in this dark, discouraged world. So I would go back um, in verse thirteen it says, But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith Awake thou that sleepeth, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. And we know that Jesus said, We are the light of the world. 
We need to be, especially now, we need to be lights in this world. And if we're living in discouragement, that's not going to happen. Because worse days are coming. We have that promise, I believe, in the scriptures. So the second um, part I'd like to look at is redeeming the time towards those that are without. As we see specifically in um, Colossians, it says, Walk in wisdom towards those that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. That's in Colossians chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. So now I'd like to um, turn to Ezekiel chapter 3. As we consider this short time we have here on earth, And how we can make the most of it. How can we make the most of our opportunity and walking towards those that are without? In Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 17. Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word of the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. When I say unto the wicked, Thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, nor speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Yet if thou warn the wicked, and he turn not from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. Again, when a righteous man doth turn from his righteousness and commit iniquity and I lay a stumbling block before him he shall die because thou hast not given him warning he shall die in his sin and his righteousness which he hath done shall not be remembered but his blood will I require at thine hand nevertheless if thou warn a right the righteous man that the righteous sin not and he doth not sin he shall surely live because he is warned and thou also thou hast delivered thy soul Now, if we could, just before I comment on that, turn to Ephesians chapter 4 again. Uh, Sorry, chapter 5. And we're going to start reading in verse 5. Actually, I think we'll start in verse 1. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Be therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks." 
For this you know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now ye are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the darkness, uh, sorry, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame to even speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. So as I considered especially these verses that talk about um, reproving the unfruitful works of darkness. And as we um, consider those verses in Ezekiel, where God told Ezekiel that he would be guilty, he would be um, held accountable if he did not speak out, if he did not reprove the sin that he saw or that he was told to speak against. And also with the righteous man, if the righteous man fell and he did not speak against him, he said his blood would be required at his hand. So considering that we live in an evil day, we see evils all around us. We see darkness. But are we speaking out against it? How often do we, for the sake of um, keeping peace or for um, sake of not you know, bringing persecution upon ourselves, we just don't speak out about things evil that we see around us. And it says where we read in Ezekiel, trying to remember exactly what it said. When I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him no warning. That's partly why I read these verses here in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 5. And it says, And ye know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater shall inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. So if you put those two together, we very clearly see we have a responsibility to speak out, to reprove the unfruitful works of darkness. John the Baptist spoke out about Herod living in adultery, and it cost him his life. And it seems like it is too easy for us to just kind of blend in and let you know, life go on. Maybe it's, maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's an acquaintance, somebody we work for, and we just don't want to mess up the relationship, so we're quiet. But according to these verses, God can hold us, will hold us accountable if we don't speak out and warn them. And it doesn't, and it gives, we can see from Ezekiel that not everyone will listen. There will be those who ignore us. And, but God says, at least you have saved your soul. At least you're no longer responsible for them or guilty for their 
soul. We have a responsibility to speak out against sin when we see it both in the saint and in the sinner. And we have many passages in the scripture that talk about how to restore a brother that has sinned. I'm not necessarily going to go into that. I believe we're familiar with those. So as we are redeeming the time, both warning, as God says we are to be light, and here Jesus was light, and he um, exposed sin around him for what it was. And we are supposed to be light, as it says we are to walk as children of light. And I believe that light is a light that will reveal and reprove sin around us. And as we consider, it talks many places about persecutions that will come upon us. Is it possible that we don't receive much persecution because we aren't really sticking our neck out there and speaking out? And this this is for me too. I fall very short of many of these things. And we also have the um, the thought of having no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. And then right Previous to that, it says, Proving was acceptable unto the Lord, and having no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. I think it behooves us to know both was acceptable to God and to ensure that we are not making fellowship with darkness. So in conclusion, there's a verse in John chapter 9 that Jesus says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So what Jesus said. And I think we need to apply that to our um, lives today. That, that the night cometh when no man can work. And as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Is what Jesus says. He's no longer here. That's us. We are to be those lights that are shining out in this dark world. So let's make the most of the time that we have. Make, make every opportunity that we have count for eternity both in our personal lives and in the lives of those around us. And Peter says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We have a hope. We have a a future to look forward to. But we need to make the most of what we have now. So that's all I have. May God bless you with that.